Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Uh, so that was fun yesterday, wasn't it? Man, every time you think you have seen it all, every time you think that Sunday is going to just be a normal day, Steve White, yeah, you see things that never before have you seen happen in NFL games. And with that, we welcome you to a Monday Week 2 edition of NFL Now on NFL Network. What a week. I mean, no lead was safe. None. Special teams were an issue. None. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep on encouraging this to the show, Andrew. I 21-point leads, fourth quarter. Ah, <laughs> they don't nothing. matter. <laughs> they don't matter. Um, we had pushing and shoving and comebacks and all that. All right. We start here with breaking news, and that is Mike Evans 25 minutes ago was suspended one game for being in the middle of this Pushing and shove. Everyone called a brawl, a fracas, whatever you want to call it. He came off the bench and shoved Marshawn Lattimore after Fournette had hit Lattimore. Well, actually, technically, he wasn't off the bench. You get my point. He was suspended in 2017. He's a repeat offender. The fighting alone loses a player for the next game. It hurts our team because we lose a very good ball player. We don't want that. We don't condone it. And, you know, we got to move forward and try to find a way to win without him. But... That should be a lesson to all our other players. How fine a line is that to stick up for your teammates, to, to be fired up about the game, but to not cross over into unwanted territory? Well, it's always a fine line. This is a controlled aggression game. You know, it's a controlled aggression game, and you try to protect your teammates, but you got to do it the right way. Look, we've seen it so many times. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, between these two teams, the Bucks, the Saints, they don't like each other. The Saints had owned the Bucks. Over the last seven regular season games, 2020 playoffs aside, we had seen this brewing. And now Mike Evans gets a one-game suspension. Ian? Yeah, it's no surprise that Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans really don't like each other very much, nor is it really a surprise they got into it. The difference here is, is for Mike Evans, who I would say – uh, twofold. One is that clearly, judging from the uh, letter that John Runyon, who's in charge of discipline for the league, wrote him, uh, the belief is that had it not been for the actions of Mike Evans, that this melee, this fracas, this brouhaha you're watching right now uh, on the screen would not have happened. Essentially, he is the cause of this. That is one reason for a suspension. Uh, another reason is that, Tom, he is a repeat offender. Somewhat similar circumstance to 2017 when he clocked Marshawn Lattimore again and got suspended. As far as actually the the actions that led to the suspension, here are the words of Runyon who wrote in a letter uh, to Mike Evans. After the play uh, ended, 
You're walking toward the sideline. You notice your teammates were in conversation. You ran toward that area and violently threw your body and struck an unsuspecting opponent who is part of that confrontation. You knocked your opponent to the ground and a melee ensued involving players from both teams, again, essentially saying that Evans is the reason for that. Your aggressive conduct could have caused serious injury to your opponent, and it does not reflect the standards of sportsmanship. Tom, that is why Mike Evans got suspended. That's right, Ian, and I was just told Mike Evans does plan to appeal this suspension. That means it will be heard by Derek Brooks or James Thrash, who are the jointly appointed disciplinary officers. That will happen in the next several days here, that that appeal then will be heard. So there is at least a possibility that Mike Evans is hoping he can get the one-game suspension knocked down to a fine. If not, he would miss a big game coming up this week against the Green Bay Packers. As you mentioned, it was really the fact that Mike Evans was at his own sideline and then ran full speed and hit Marshawn Lattimore, which is Runyon Road in the letter, could have caused serious injury to the opponent. I'm sure there are plenty of Bucks fans who watched the entirety of that and felt that there were some Saints players too who should end up disciplined. That is also possible. Any fines are going to be decided later in the week. Those are usually communicated to the players on Friday and Saturday. So I would anticipate additional discipline, but no other suspensions other than the one-game suspension for Mike Evans, who, again, does plan to appeal, Andrew. All right, keep in mind here, no Julio Jones, no Chris Godwin in that game yesterday. And now moving forward, it's only Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the late 4 o'clock Fox game of the week window in Tampa on Sunday. Now no Mike Evans with injury concerns for the other two guys. Also, Todd Bowles said 30 minutes ago, that was this morning video there on the podium, that Jason Light, the GM, is always on the sideline. You saw him there. They cut to him reaction shot during the fracas. Bruce Arians raised some eyebrows. Why is he down there? Bowles said Arians was down there because the Saints didn't provide them with a suite and that moving forward, Arians will be upstairs. So there's that subplot as well. All right, Ian, let's get to the injury out of San Francisco. Just heartbreaking for Trey Lance. Broken ankle. He is done for the year. Yeah, and anyone who saw the reaction from Lance, the card come out, the reaction from the players on the field at the time, you knew it was serious. You knew it was broken. He left the field with an air cast. He's having surgery to actually, I believe, right now having surgery to repair that ankle. Should be a, fortunately for Trey Lance, a relatively simple fix here. Expected to go well. Should be fully healthy long before next season. But moving forward for the San Francisco 49ers, Tom, this is the team that now has, for better or worse, has solved their quarterback issue. No longer do you have Jimmy Garoppolo waiting in the locker room in case Trey Lance is either injured or not who you think. It is Jimmy Garoppolo's team now. You can really feel the sort of lift from the sideline and and on the field when Garoppolo came in. Uh, He has a new contract, one that will incentivize him to continue to play well like he did on Sunday. Uh, But certainly it has made things even more interesting going forward for the 49ers. And Ian, I am specifically told it's a fractured and dislocated ankle for Trey Lance. However, one very small bit of good news here, it's not a compound fracture like Dak Prescott had. That's where the bone breaks through the skin. It raises other risks, including infection. So, again, a season-ending injury for Trey Lance. He's going to have surgery this morning. Team doctors are going to perform it in the Santa Clara area. A brutal injury, obviously, for Trey Lance. And now he's going to turn his full focus to 2023. Trey Lance, just 21 starts going back to college and the NFL now over 
five years. Remember, there was the COVID season. They lost there, and then they came back, played one game, then entered the draft. Just hasn't played a lot of football, and now the Niners won't get a chance to develop them this year. They turn to Jimmy Garoppolo. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tom. More from Tom a little bit later. He is in Buffalo ahead of one of our two Monday night games tonight. The 49ers have had a lot of bad quarterback luck, a lot of bad injury luck overall. Running back, I mean, they lost Elijah Mitchell last week. They seemingly always lose their starting running back. When they haven't lost their starting quarterback, they either go to the Super Bowl or go to the NFC Championship game. Mark Ross with me, Steve Weich as well. Mark, start with you here. I I don't know how to say this without sounding mean-spirited to Trey Lance. It's not about Trey Lance, but he clearly is green. We just gave you that number, 21 starts in five full years of football. The NFC West, the 49ers are a lot different now with Garoppolo at quarterback. I think they're better, Andrew. They're better with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think a lot of the team, his teammates would have said that even before Trey Lance was inserted as the guy, as the savior of the team because of the accomplishments that Jimmy G had. He, When Jimmy G played, hey, you could argue if he's an all-star or whatever, but they win when he played. And the teammates noticed that. And the organization noticed that. So it was really an odd situation where you had a quarterback who wins, and then you say, you know what, we're going to give up three draft picks for the future because we haven't won the Super Bowl with this player. Usually, when you draft a young player, look, I was in Philly when we drafted Donovan McNabb. We were 3-13, and so this was the guy. This is the future in New York when they drafted Eli Manning. This is the future. This is the organization. So everyone knew that that was the plan. This was a different situation where the 49ers were accomplished and won with Jimmy G., and they said, you're not good enough. We're going to mortgage the future. So now he's back in there. I think this makes the 49ers a better team, Steve, just because of that confidence level. And you know what he can do on the field. Mark, they, they are a better team. Again, the experience, the fact that his teammates love him. They absolutely love him. He's well-regarded in that building. But, you know, it wasn't a matter of them all, the, the Niners brass saying, hey, you're just not quite good enough. It was them saying, you're injury-prone. He missed a lot of football games. They wanted somebody who would be durable. They go out and they trade a guy, and what do you know? He breaks his ankle in his second game as a starter this season. Fortunately for them, they retained Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember, when they redid his deal this offseason to keep him on the roster, that was more viewed as potential, a potential option in case another team had an injury and they could trade him to that other team. Now he's the insurance that could get them to the Super Bowl so they're in, a, they're in a good situation with Garoppolo. But the fact that he is injury prone, I would expect the 49ers to probably scour some type of options to maybe bring in another veteran backup, at least somebody who's been into some camps before to give them some help just in case Jimmy G goes down as well. Remember, they let Nate Sudfeld go right. when they decided to keep Garoppolo. Not that Nate Sudfeld is some seasoned backup <laughs> that's been around forever, but he has more experience certainly than Brock Purdy Correct. does, who's sitting behind him now. Next up, it's at Denver on Sunday night. More of the Broncos in a little bit. And then home on Monday night to play the Rams. So back-to-back primetime games now for Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Steve, what do you think of the Packers' offensive revitalization? Yes. Well, this is kind of what we thought the Packers were going to be, right? With the receiving issues being what they are, they're going to have to run the ball. You know, they're going to have to lean on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and they were fantastic last night. The way they had that run game going allowed them to control the clock. 
the Bears only ran 41 plays and they, they possessed the ball only 23 minutes because the Packers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't just own the Bears. The Packers own the clock because of this fantastic run game. But that sequence, Mark, where you know you, you saw Justin Fields dive for the pylon and not get in, and the fact that the Packers defense kept them out of the end zone right there, that was a game changer because that was an opportunity for a Bears offense that was running the ball effectively, just like the Packers did, and a Bears defense that was keeping the Packers out of the end zone in the second half. Yeah, that was a discouraging thing, Steve, for the Bears offense, is that they were running the ball well, which should open things up for Justin Fields to throw the ball, especially when they're down. But it just seems as if they don't trust Justin Fields to throw. And only 11 uh, attempts last night, and it just looked, he just looks uncomfortable and out of sync. And yes, he doesn't have much personnel around him. I think I thought it was a mismatch as far as personnel-wise between the Packers and the Bears, and they do need to put a lot of work in it. But just when I watch Justin Fields, he just doesn't look confident, and it doesn't look as if the play calling is confident in him to throw the ball. Uh, when he was at Ohio State, he threw the ball a lot. He just didn't run the ball, and they tried to stay in games. I mean, he was prolific throwing the ball and airing it out and, and quick game, and he showed you all the things you needed. But right now, he looks like a completely different quarterback. Uh, if their goal is just to try to hang into games and lose, th that's not a good formula. They have to open things up. They have to start letting this guy develop and see what they have in Justin Fields and open it up a little more, let him start throwing the ball, despite having some talent uh, disadvantages, uh, Andrew. And well, well Mark, I'm, I'm glad you said that because you only get 11 throws in a, in a game. Running backs need carries to get going. Don't quarterbacks need throws to get into a rhythm? What is 11 throws going to accomplish in developing Justin Fields? A absolutely nothing. It has to get in the rhythm. You get good by at throwing by throwing. You get good at passing by passing, not by not doing it. So for Justin Fields, reps in practice is not going to do. Preseason is not going to do. In these games, they have to start opening up. If they just keep losing, at some point you're going to have to say, we have to change what we're doing with this young man. We have to see what we're doing. Okay, he makes mistakes. So what? You have to find out what he's going to do and how he's going to develop. When I had we drafted Donovan McNabb in Philly, hey, you, you, you put the training wheels on a little bit, but at a certain point each game you have to start letting it go and opening it up. Justin Fields has already shown the playmaking. He's already shown the resiliency that when he's down, he can get back and make plays as he did last week. Last night, he showed a little bit of that as well. Just wasn't enough time. It wasn't enough snaps. But they have to start doing things to help him out and develop, and that's by throwing and passing the ball in these games to try to win. And it opened with some encouraging stuff here. First quarter trick play out of the timeout sets up that first touchdown. All right, maybe we got something here. Didn't really see that offense again until the fourth quarter when Fields almost got him to within one score. Thank you, guys. It's a primetime doubleheader tonight. That's right, Eagles-Vikings. That's one of the games in Philly. The other game, Bills-Titans in Buffalo. Fifth straight year, we get the Bills and the Titans. Tom Pelissero, you saw him before giving uh, the Mike Evans news, Trey Lance news in Buffalo. Tom back with us in his fantastic suit yet again with some Titans roster news, Tom. 
That's right, Andrew. A familiar name going to make his Titans debut on national TV. It is veteran wide receiver Josh Gordon, who I'm told is being elevated from the practice squad to play in this game against the Bills. Gordon was, of course, one of the leading receivers in the NFL early in his career, had several bouts with the substance abuse policy leading to suspensions. By all accounts, has acquitted himself well on and off the field since he went to the Chiefs last year. Cutting the final roster reduction, just joined the Titans a couple of weeks ago. I would not expect him to play a lot in this game tonight, but the Titans are banged up at receiver. Kyle Phillips questionable with a shoulder injury, so they'll see if situationally they can get Gordon on the field, maybe get a little bit of juice out of him on a night that they know they're going to have to score to keep up with the Bills, Andrew. Kyle Phillips, the rookie from UCLA, who showed some juice in week one, also good in the return game. Thank you, Tom Pelissero. Speaking of primetime, Jalen Hurts is in primetime tonight. It's the Eagles. It's the Vikings. It's Jim James Palmer going home. Uh, live report from the length straight ahead. I've also heard Jim. Let's just call him Jim. Jimmy? Yeah, Jim. Uh-huh. I was going to go Jimmy Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, everybody, we got a game tonight. There are two Monday night games. One of them is on ESPN. One of them is on ABC, the latter of which begins at 8.30 Eastern time. It's Justin Jefferson. It's A.J. Brown. It's fun in Philadelphia. It's James Palmer, not Jim Palmer. Kind of went to break. You're not the Hall of Famer. Oriole righty and broadcaster. No. Hi, James Palmer with Kirk Cousins and, and Justin Jefferson trying to repeat what they did last week against the Packers, which was pretty impressive. It was really impressive and actually didn't surprise a lot of people on this Minnesota Vikings roster, Andrew. When I talked to a couple people there this past week, they said really from the minute Kevin O'Connell and his staff arrived, they knew it was a very, very good fit for Kirk Cousins. They knew that Kirk was going to be very comfortable, and they believe when he's comfortable, he can go out, be himself, and excel. But it also helps you to excel when you have Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen, and you have Dalvin Cook. Well, we know Justin Jefferson went off against 
those Green Bay Packers. And when I talked to Adam Thielen at length this week, he said, when you look at everything you want a receiver to do, there's nothing Jefferson can't do. He said he can beat you deep. He can run the intermediate stuff. He can run the short stuff, the choice routes. You can put him anywhere on the field, which is what makes him such a difficult matchup. And that's why Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, said this week, it's so hard to have a plan for him because you don't know where he's going to be if you want to set up those double teams on him. Keep your eye out for him to be put in motion throughout this game. It's something that he really liked in that opener, and he sees the field really well in that sense. So keep your eye out on him moving around pre-snap. And and also these big pass rushers going against a brilliant offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. I talked to Lane Johnson, their star right tackle, and said it's going to be interesting to see what they do because some teams with Jalen Hurts, we think they're going to come after us and try to go after him. They actually sit back, Andrew, and they kind of wait and cage him in. They want to avoid the, the spot of him running and beating them with his legs. When I talked to Harrison Smith, the Viking safety, he said we know he's going to look for one read, two reads, and then probably look to use his legs. So it's going to be interesting, that battle and chess match up front between those pass rushers of the Vikings and that really good offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. The other suggested topic for this hit, Jalen Rager revenge game. We'll have to save yeah. that for later. James Palmer. Isn't there some sort of connection between him and Justin Jefferson? And, and the draft. and Yeah, I thought I'll I I'll have Adrian Research look into it. This week here in Philly. Yeah. You don't want to do that? Adrian says he's not doing that. James, do it yourself. <laughs> James Palmer live in Philadelphia where it's an 8.30 kick tonight off broad. So they'll be ready. Were the Ravens ready for Tyreek Hill? How that thing happened in Baltimore coming up as we continue NFL Now. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, if you hadn't heard by now, Tom Brady had never beaten the Saints in the regular season as the Bucs quarterback 0 for 4, and the Bucs overall had lost seven straight to them. But Brady, after really just an ugly offensive all-around first half, got it going here. This is after the fight. This is Brashad Perryman. Now the Bucs go up 10 to 3. And then it was the Bucks' defense that closed this thing out. Jamel Dean got him a couple of times. Mike Edwards with a pick. Six and the Bucks and Brady 
finally, finally beat the Saints, at least in the regular season. Yeah, they're 2-0. It's an emotional game, so um, I don't think that's, you know, I think a little better execution helps all the way around. Defense played great again. Um, line fought hard. All the guys that were in there fought hard. So, tough, really tough team, really well coached. Um, team we really struggle with, so it feels good to win. We're going to get better. You know, we had some momentum here early in the third quarter. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, ball security. I think we still had a chance to, to get in this game. Uh, they won the turnover battle, and that's why they won. Let's talk about that turnover battle, Mark Ross, because one of the things we spoke about last Monday is, wow, Jameis not turning the ball over. In his previous games with the Saints, remember he was injured last year, only three picks. Mark, he had three yesterday. He matched that total. Yeah, Andrew, that was the 30 pick in a season. Jameis Winston that Tampa Bay said, we had enough of that. Please go. And that crept back up yesterday. And really what happens with a player is it's the regression to the mean of what they really are. And Jameis didn't play. He got hurt last year. So you kind of said, well, he played well in spurts. But if that was a full season, would we have seen these sort of games creep back in to the season with Jameis. So as of yesterday, yes, we saw a creep back up last week, did not play well for most of the game, and then he came on strong at the end. So you said, oh, wow, he looks good. Now today when the pressure, yesterday when the pressure was on, uh, then he started making mistakes again. So that's the issue with Jameis Winston. When he gets pressured, when he has to make plays happen, he forces things, the vision is off, he doesn't see the coverages. So the concern with the Saints is, is he back to that same Jameis, or can they keep hiding these flaws? Because the way that defense played yesterday, they have to win games like that, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, because they did enough there, at least for three quarters, to hold down Tom Brady. But you can't throw them, the other team, the ball, three times. Saints are in Carolina to get the Panthers next week. Thank you, Mark. As for the defending Super Bowl champions, they had plenty of time to think about what happened against Buffalo, and they showed that they were planned. Rather, they had planned. They were ready. They came out. They executed. Cooper Cup can't get tackled in the red zone. He's good. 11 for 108. A couple of scores. They're up 28 to 3. All the Falcons jokes. 28 to 3. Twitter took over. You guys aren't funny. They made it interesting because the Rams kept turning it over. But Jalen Ramsey picked this and kind of ended it. I mean, there was still, like, a safety and all that anyway. Stafford. That was definitely an interesting one at the end. Probably not the craziest I've been a part of, but you know what happens. And uh, this is NFL football. Um, it's hard to win. And Atlanta played really well in week one, had a chance to win that game. We knew they weren't going to go away. Um, we gave him some opportunities to get back in the game through some plays that um, we can clean up. There's no no question about that. Um, but when we were playing good, we were playing at a really at a really high clip, which was uh, good to see today. Right, first half, Steve White, you're at the game. They're playing well. Matthew Stafford spreading the ball around. Hey, it, it's Cam Akers running hard. He got the message. Allen Robinson's involved. They all got the message. But there are too many turnovers. And then you look up and you say, wait a minute. The Falcons are in this game. Right. I mean, look, they were intentional in getting Allen Robinson, who had just two targets in week one, and the second one came in the final minute, involved in this game. Getting Cam Akers involved in this game. Like you said, they're spreading the ball out well, but when push came to shove, it still went to Cooper Cup, who just made some absolutely amazing But he also plays. had a fumble. He, but he had a fumble late. They had a punt block late. The only time they punted in the game, they had it blocked late. That resulted in a touchdown. These are miscues to Rams. They can afford to get away with them against the Falcons. They are not going to be afford 
be able to afford to make these mistakes against teams like the 49ers. But the Rams are evolving right now. And one thing that we saw evolve yesterday, Andrew, they were using eye formations. They were using a fullback, Ben Skoranek, who is a wide receiver, but he's a big wide receiver, about 6'2", 230. So they were coming at breaking the huddle and 11 personnel, three wide, one tailback, one tight end. He would motion to fullback, and they used that several times, much like the Niners used Kyle Juszczyk. So now Sean McVay has added a wrinkle on film to this offense. You heard me a minute ago say that they're developing and evolving. This is part of an evolution of something we have not seen from this offense in years that maybe they build upon right now while they don't have that game-breaking wide receiver to take the top off the defense with Van Jefferson out. Also had Brandon Powell, a wide receiver, a return guy in the backfield right. a little bit as well. Let's say this again for those who didn't see it. Wide receiver Ben Skoranek was lining up, putting his hand down, and he's playing a big, fullback. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. But you don't look at him and go, yeah, that guy's a fullback. No. Mm. You don't. Rams win. They get the Cardinals coming up next. How about this wild, crazy-go-nuts, bonkers game in Baltimore where the Ravens had won their last six openers, and they were up 21. Lamar threw for over 300. He ran for over 100. I mean, that's absurd. But two at the end. Yep, fine, and Tyree killed downfield. And then with 14 seconds left, he finds Jalen Waddell in the end zone. And they rally from down 21 to stun the Ravens. Here's Mike Gesicki and Cam Wolf. For you guys as playmakers, having Tyreek, having Jalen, having yourself, seeing all that speed on the field, what does that do to defenses, particularly yeah. there late in the game? So, I mean, we got Tyreek. I was expecting it to open me up, but apparently they didn't cover him. So, I mean, I, I, out of anybody on the field, you probably want to cover him. But on that, on that last touchdown he scored, man, they just – they just busted the cover, and I don't know what it was, and he's, he's faster than everybody else, and so nobody's catching him. Six touchdowns today, career high in passing. It looked like you and Alabama day is going back. What did that mean to see Tua lead you guys when it counted? I mean, it might be new to y'all, but for us and our organization, we know what he can do. We confident him. He's confident himself. So it's just great to, to let y'all see that. But we're, we're ready. Like, we know what he can do. Defining moment for Tua, defining moment for you guys. What a day. We saw a lot of Waddle and Tyreek celebrations. <laughs> Thank you, Jalen. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, no I mean, it's your number three, Judy Batista. You're writing about this. You were there. Read the article, NFL.com. You're number three for Tua, and we're talking about his confidence. Um, he looked pretty confident yesterday. Actually, Jalen Waddle said Tua, before that game-winning touchdown, said in the huddle, it's either us or them. And it was them. Yeah, Tyreek Hill actually said, like, everybody who has doubted Tua can just go watch the film from yesterday. And he said, and also go back and, and find out what he said in the huddle as the clock was winding down about, you know, don't forget to hand the ball directly to the official. We need to save seconds. Like, he was really in command. To me, what we have seen uh, from Tua so far this year, and particularly yesterday, is the result not just of putting so many playmakers uh, around him and not just putting uh, a really good offensive line in front of him this year. It, it's also having a coach and a staff and teammates who believe in him. Let's not forget what Tua has faced since he has been the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. He was benched. Uh, the owner is currently suspended for tampering to try to get Tom Brady to become the uh, the quarterback. Um, and, and he's had former teammates like Ryan Fitzpatrick question him. Sean Payton said last week he thought he would eventually be benched. Well, not if he keeps performing this way. I think we 
are finally seeing the full flowering of Tua because he's not only got pieces around him, he's got confidence because the people around him have confidence in him. And between Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, they put up a stat line that had not been seen by this franchise since Marino and Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. That is amazing. And they won in Baltimore, and they are 2-0 with the Bills coming up next. Read Judy's article, NFL.com slash Batista. Thank you, Judy. And then we had this one later in the afternoon in Dallas. Cooper Rush trying to do what he did last year when he had his one start in Minnesota. Lead the Cowboys to victory. It opened well. Touchdown here to Noah Brown, who almost had 100 yards. Dak was in the building. Dak was on the headset. Dak watched Joe Burrow rally the Bengals back. Here's Burrow. Here's T. Higgins. One of the plays where Burrow was not sacked. He got sacked six times yesterday. They tie it with a two-point conversion, and we're locked up at 17. But Brett Maher would come on, hit a 50-yard field goal, and all is well in Dallas on Monday. All right, what a game, Cooper. 19 of 31, 235 yards and a touchdown. How did it feel to have the confidence of this locker room going into this game? Yeah, it's huge. That's all you want as a quarterback. Uh, you want the respect to your teammates. Um, you know, and we were able to just go out and play today and truly a team win. Our defense, special teams, I mean, we made enough plays on offense. Um, truly a team win. Did it help having Dak Prescott on the sidelines? Always. Yeah, he's always our leader. Um, you know, he's always there helping everyone out. Cooper Rush leads him to a victory. Um, unexpected contributions all over the place. Jane Slater, you were there, and what do you know? Everything feels a lot better today in Dallas, doesn't it? What a difference a week makes, Andrew, and particularly when you were coming down to the walk-off uh, kick from Brett Maher. It could have been a very different outcome that we're talking about here on Monday, but I think a lot of people around here will take a moral victory. And the reason why this win feels good is because it felt like it was a true team effort. There were so many unsung heroes. And one of those specifically that I'd like to highlight is Noah Brown. Five targets, 91 yards. He's a guy that's been around here for the last six years. He always shines in the preseason. But we really saw him pop yesterday, particularly on that first drive. Now, keep in mind... It was Mike McCarthy deciding to go for it on the opening drive. Remember, I think it was, what, second and seven. Uh, they Or they, they decided to go for the fourth and two. That was after they had the incomplete pass. And then he ends up getting it, the touchdown on a second and seven, simple bootleg. And then that 17-yard bomb after the fourth and two that gave you a new set of downs. And then, oh, by the way, uh, they hit him again on a third and ten, comes up with 28 yards. Uh, then you set up Tony Pollard for a score two plays later. You know, it was Cooper Rush talking about the fact they'd gotten so much time in uh, with the twos together, and that's why you saw some of that success from Noah Brown. So I anticipate they're hoping that he can continue uh, to grow in that role and keep feeding Cooper Rush the ball. I talked about in the last hour, it looks like Dak Prescott is not playing in this Giants game on Monday Night Football, but they are not ruling out the fact he could come back as early as week four against the Commanders. We are keeping an eye on at least two guys this week. Dalton Schultz came up uh, with a little bit of a knee situation after that game. Stephen Jones on 105.3 The Fan said that they are monitoring that, but some good news for the wide receiver core. It looks like Michael Gallup is looking like he could easily play on Monday Night Football, and that's a result of two weeks where they've been ramping him up in some team drills. All right, Michael Gallup trying to come back from the ACL injury. He could be on the field week three Monday night in New York against the 2-0 Giants. I mean, think about a week from tonight. Coming up next, 
the world's most interesting wide receiver. Get to know Amin Ross St. Brown because he is the real thing. That's next. Ladies and gentlemen, how about your Detroit Lions? It's a 2016 1-2 overall pick quarterback battle with Carson Wentz and the Commanders who were down 22 to nothing because Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks the first three of his NFL career. But this was a game late. Made it 29 to 21 before Jared Goff hit Amon Ross St. Brown. He is trilingual, everybody. He speaks French. He speaks German. He speaks English. Actually, he speaks four languages. He speaks Dan Campbell. Listen, we've got the guys that are they're they're gonna they're gonna go to work, and no matter what happens, uh, they're gonna put in the work. They're gonna try to get better. Uh, they're gonna compete. So. That's never going to be the issue, but to be able to get our win, man, early in the season, week two, it just you get early validation as to what we're doing, and and we're doing that without with really out all our bullets. You know, we got some guys out, and and it just everything that we've talked about. Next man up, do your job, help us win, uh, and we did that. Lions get the Vikings next, who could be two and zero. That's what the Giants were trying to do yesterday for the first time since 2016. This was a field goal and turnover fest until Daniel Bellinger levitated. Fourth round rookie out of San Diego State. Look at that. He's he got it. That's that's a touchdown. First career for Daniel Bellinger. His family DMs me on Twitter says, "Why aren't you talking more about Daniel Bellinger?" There we did it, and there Graham Gano did it. Field goal, 19-16. Stacey Dales with Saquon. You got to give defense respect. Caroline did a really good job. Um, you can see, you know, the focus was to come in here and stop the run. But at the end of the day, it's team football. Uh, all the guys stepped up. Daniel made some big plays. O-line made big plays. Skill guys made big plays. And, you know, at the end of the day, defense made big plays. Especially make big plays. And at the end of the day, we got the win. Everybody keeps saying you're back to your rookie year form physically. You look better than that to me. Where do you feel physically, Saquon? Uh, I feel pretty good when it's 2-0. Uh, your body definitely feels a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but I, I keep working on my body, uh, keep rehabbing, keep doing the little things, and uh, get in the locker room and enjoy this one. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.